Welcome to episode 106 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I'm grateful that you've chosen to spend this time with me. Whether this is your first or your 106th episode, I hope you hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, and maybe even change your life. As entrepreneurs, leaders, and adults, we can sometimes spend way too much time in our heads, especially as introverts. It's true, we have a rich emotional life, and we have fun and we play, but we also spend a lot of time in our intellectual headspace, where we're problem solving and concerned with details and spreadsheets and other people and what other people think. This is why I've come to embrace activities that bring out my creative side, like photography and doodling and coloring. I also have a healthy inventory of scrap paper and Mod Podge, as well as markers, paints, and blank canvases. There's something about those activities that frees up my mind and allows me to spend time in the tactile world instead of with abstract ideas. Maybe some of you listening are fully in touch with the physical, creative world, but I find that I become disconnected if I don't intentionally make time to create something with my hands instead of purely from my mind. And that's why I think this episode is so cool. I've been following the design and art of Janine Morrison for almost a year now, and I love her style. Our conversation is about art and coloring and the benefits of it. And it's also about being an artist, and in particular, an introvert artist entrepreneur. I share what I've gained from my hours spent coloring and how it helps my business. And Janine reveals how she's handled the increased exposure that she's enjoyed because of the popularity of her art and coloring books. Janine Morrison is a painter and surface textile designer from Memphis, Tennessee. As a designer, her work can be found on rugs, fabrics, stationery, and scrapbooking kits, with clients including Free Spirit Fabric, Fisher-Price, Sig, and Jelliskins. In 2012, she designed and published the first in a series of pattern and design coloring books. Today, she has six titles available, including her most popular, Flower Designs Coloring Book, which remained on the Amazon bestseller list for over eight weeks in the spring of 2015. Four of her coloring books have been published by traditional publishers in France, Italy, and Brazil. And her Flower Designs Coloring Book has also been published in Japan, with editions coming soon to Poland, Turkey, the Czech Republic, and Slovak Republic. Hi, Janine. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I have been excited about this interview for a while, so thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I've been excited about it, too. Yay. Well, what is making you smile today? Um, this, this is making me smile. When you first asked me to do this a while ago, I wasn't sure I'd be able to. I thought I would be really uncomfortable. I thought I would be nervous. Mm -hmm. um, I am a little nervous, <laughs> but I'm doing it, and it has made me really happy, and I, I wasn't dreading it all day. I've been looking forward to it all day, so this is really making me smile. Excellent. Well, congratulations on that that leap. I, I'm sure a lot of people listening can identify with how you felt and are feeling. <laughs> so. Thank you. Yes. Well, I love to give listeners a context of where you fall on the introvert extrovert spectrum. So where where do you feel like you fall on that spectrum? And how do you feel like that awareness has influenced you as an entrepreneur? I am pretty introverted. Mm -hmm. And the awareness of that just in life has 
I mean, there was a time I'm, you know, introversion wasn't really talked about. I didn't know what it was only in the last, I don't know, however many years has it sort of, you know, been talked about in my circles and I didn't really understand it when I learned about it. A lot of things in my entire life made sense. (laughs) You know, I think about myself as a kid and I wanted time alone. I had siblings, but I wasn't interested really in playing with them. I, you know, I could have a a sketchbook or a piece of paper or something. I just kind of wanted to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I really remember going to family gatherings and there would be so many people there. And I would always try to sneak away to another (laughs) room and just do something myself. And I was always ready to leave hours before things would be over. So I just, once I learned about introversion and, and what it was and that I was an introvert, it sort of made sense, the feelings that I've had all my life. Yeah. Would you say, you know, I often feel like there are a lot of creative types, whether they're writers or artists or whatnot, that tend to be introverted. Would you say you found that with your colleagues or other people, you know, that you network with, that you're not alone in your introversion as an artist? Definitely. Yeah. I, you know, I have friends and and fellow artists who fall at different places on the spectrum, but um, I think one of the things that we all have in common as artists is we need that alone time. We need time to think. We need time to go deep with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. And most of my fellow artists feel the same way. Yeah. That, that makes total sense because you'd, you'd have to, I would think the creative process you would need, yes, you need, you're, you're influenced by your external environment, but that at some point you've got to take all that information back and process it on your own and come up with something. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the, the reason that I first became aware of you, of course, was through your coloring books. It's funny, I'll just tell this really quickly. It was maybe about three years ago, or maybe two years ago. I don't know where I got the idea, but I just got this. I think it's because I was reading about Carl Jung and um, about mandalas. But I thought, oh, you know, I would love a coloring book of mandalas. And I wonder if I can get one. So I went to a place I was sure would have something like that, which was my husband and I always call them hippie shops. You know, they're sort of the new age and with the crystals and the cards and on all of that. And I thought surely they would have something like that. And they didn't, they didn't have anything like it and they had to order it. And then I remember, you know, Oh, maybe I'll go to Michael's or a craft store. Surely they'll have something, nothing except sort of a, what I would call a sort of um, very generic and very um, unsatisfying like single book. (laughs) And now, now I see them in the grocery store. (laughs) They're everywhere. You know, adult coloring books are everywhere. So I'd love to talk for just a moment about that. um, Because you've designed numerous books. And your first one was in 2012 before, like I said, before it seemed to be this hot thing that you could find at grocery stores. You know, what was your initial motivation for creating your first coloring book for retail? When I created the first one, it was 2012, and um, at that point, I was um, I do art licensing, surface design, so I um, look to approach manufacturers to you know, get my art in front of them and have my art put on products. So it, it's kind of art for product, whether that's pillows or rugs or fabrics or scrapbook kits, things like that. That's what I do, and I had primarily been working through manufacturers and I came across an old coloring book that I had had when I was a kid and it was a design based coloring book and when I saw it I thought I can do one of these I was about 
six or seven years into my like official art career and I thought I can do this. I have the skills. I can put together a good one. I love to color. I've always liked to color. I could do something like this. So it was um, about three weeks that it took me to go through my designs and put one together. I learned about CreateSpace, which is Amazon's self-publishing platform, and decided mm -hmm. to just go straight that way. I was so excited that I didn't have to contact a manufacturer or get someone else's approval. I could design the entire thing from beginning to end and, and get it on the Amazon bookstore, in the Amazon bookstore, you know, within three weeks. And it was, I really liked doing it. And the favorite things, I've designed a lot of things in my life, but my favorite things are the things that I send out into the world that are sort of unfinished. Like with my fabric, I was sending out yards of fabric. Um, it was just, you know, fabric, but people would buy it, take it, and be incredibly creative with it, whether it was making dresses or quilts or whatever, and that was so fun to see. And it's the same thing with coloring books. I love sending something out there that inspires other people's creativity and that they get to take sort of the raw materials and then have fun with, if that makes sense. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. But you're absolutely right. It's like you're creating something that's interactive and you're co-creating art with other people. Yes, yes. And I love that. It's, it's you know, I get to contribute to their creative projects. That's an honor. That's a great thing. And when I did the coloring book, I just did the first one in August of 2012. It sold a few copies. I had a little bit of a following from my fabric, it sold a few copies. And then um, I published the next one, I think, in the spring and kind of continued to publish them, you know, through today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how many total have you put through create space so I have created I think about eight books now it takes me a little while to put them together the first one came together easy because I drew on existing designs but sure. now I sort of start from scratch so it takes me a little while to get them together but I have put out I believe eight books excellent and I have three of them so <laughs> or, or I at least have, I have two and then I have one on order actually I think it's your latest one the flower designs too oh great great um, I love that one I'm really proud of it Oh, excellent. So I'm excited for that one. And, and I'm sure I will have received it by the time this podcast airs. So I'll have to color one of the images and then share it. <laughs> and so what do you, you know, to stick with the coloring books for just another moment, you know, what do you think that people find so attractive about the creative process of coloring? Like, what are the benefits that we experience? It benefits me in that it is calming, it's relaxing, it is you know, time alone with my thoughts or listening to audiobooks or podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something really satisfying about filling a space with color, which I'm sure you know because yes. you color so much. And then also since it's a really nice time, there are the benefits, the meditative and relaxing benefits, but also you really get to be creative. Even though there's a black and white outline there, like the color choices are yours. Whether you use pencils or markers, there are a million different ways to color things. And so you get to be creative and relaxed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, I remember looking at, you know, for inspiration, when I first started, I looked at some of the images that, you, like, you will post some of your own images that you have colored. And I remember, and maybe this is just my sort of good student, here's how you do it. But 
I saw you were putting like polka dots and stripes and, you know, drawing outlines and other things in addition to, like you said, just that the, the plain black and white. And I was like, oh, I didn't think about doing that. I could do that too. <laughs> It sounds so simple, but it was very uh, liberating to see the examples that you posted, um, which was really inspiring. So I really enjoy sharing those. And, you know, from the time I published the first coloring book in 2012, I've been coloring the pages to share with people and give them examples and hopefully inspire them. And um, so, yeah, by the time I got around to the polka dots and stripes, that was about three (laughs) years in, I guess. (laughs) And I colored hundreds of pages. So it just kind of happened. But I really like putting my own little doodles and, and things in the spaces that are a little larger. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that. So it, it, it gives me some comfort that it took you a few years to do this. <laughs> you know, and I will say from my own um, experience in terms of a benefit that I've noticed is um, focus. I can tend to, like a lot of people, like a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, we've got a lot of things that are grabbing for our attention. And so I can be, you know, the the classic example is being online and being on one website and then clicking away and going someplace else and clicking away. And then all of a sudden being like, why did I come here in the first place? (laughs) So I've noticed, you know, I remember one time I was, I was coloring one of yours and it was one of these that had, you know, it was, it was a more random pattern of flowers. And I was coloring one flower and somehow another flower caught the corner of my eye and I started to shift before I was done with the flower I was on to go to the other flower and I'm like wait a minute that's crazy just finish <laughs> the flower you're on <laughs> you know so that's that's like my mantra like finish the flower you're on that's um, so great and I notice that after I've colored I do tend to be I, I think it's probably just it raises my mindfulness about being focused and staying just like I'm one thing and that carries over into my work so <laughs> that's Yes. That's another interesting little uh, side effect. So, you know, over the past year, I mean, you've, you've done those eight coloring books. And like you said, that first one, you sold a few. But I know that since then, you've been on the best-selling list on Amazon, which is a huge accomplishment. Um, and you've been in the public eye more and more as your following has grown. You've done more articles and conferences and podcasts and more social media. And I even noticed that you have open studio hours that people can stop in. So as an introvert, especially... What have you learned about handling that increased exposure and and with that, the increased vulnerability that comes with it? Well, I think about this a lot. It is easy for me to spend time by myself and, you know, that, that is what I like and that is, that's the way I create. But especially in this past year, I felt like I'm doing something that I'm really proud of, something that I want to share. And it was very hard to figure out how to share, who to share it with, how much to share. Um, It it was very hard, but it started slowly. And the more I started sharing, the easier it got. You know, it has been hard for me, but it has been, it's really important. One of the things that I've learned over the last year is that if you don't tell people what you're doing, they're not going to know. (laughs) Exactly. So you can sit there and think, I'm doing this amazing thing. Why aren't, you know, people recognizing how awesome this is? Yeah. 
but nobody knows. Everyone is just doing their own thing and paying attention to their to their own thing. So it's been really hard for me, um, or that was kind of hard to get over. But I started very small and just started sharing more and more. I started reaching out more to editors and reporters um, to try to share my story. And that even got easier as time went on. Just the more conversations I can have about it. Because, you know, when you spend a lot of time by yourself, mm-hmm. I talk to my husband about these things, but I'm I'm not. And I have a few friends, you know, artist friends, but I don't really talk to the world about this kind of stuff. So, but the more that I do, the easier it gets. Yeah. So it seems like that would be, I, I was going to ask you what advice you would have for others whose work is naturally somewhat solitary, but who have that desire and that need to be more visible. So it sounds like, you know, start small might be one thing. Um, what other advice would you give? Well, yeah, I would just try to, I would try to start small and then I would find the areas that you're comfortable sharing and really focus on those. Like when I, as far as social media goes, when I first joined Twitter, I thought, oh, this is great, this is so fun. You know, I just love Twitter. And then people started following me and I was like, oh, so they're gonna, they're listening to what I'm saying. So then I would like rethink and rethink like every thought (laughs) before, because I thought people are following me, like they're, they're paying attention to what I'm saying. And then, um, so I just, I just kind of wasn't as comfortable there on um, Instagram. That was really easy for me. I was just sharing pictures of what I was doing and my coloring pages and my books and things like that. And that was so much easier. So I think just kind of finding what works for you is really important. Yeah. Then also finding how to work with people. Um, when I first started reaching out to reporters I wanted to you know share news about my coloring books I wanted to share news about the entrepreneurial side of of being an artist and self-publishing in that way I started reaching out to people and it was difficult and then I stepped back for a little bit and just started paying attention to different reporters paying attention to different editors listening more reading their stories and getting to know them in that way so that when I finally was able to reach out to them, it felt like I was reaching out to someone I knew and not to a stranger. Yeah. And that makes me more comfortable talking to people. I feel like this is someone I know what they're about. I can, I can have a conversation with them if they like my pitch and call me back. Mm-hmm. So that was important. Yeah, that's great advice. And it and it seems like a, as you follow them and get to know them, you also learn kind of what kinds of stories and what kinds of pitches might be more effective than others. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And if they're even the right person to pitch mm-hmm. to. Exactly. Exactly. Like just because they wrote one story doesn't mean they're, they're going to keep doing that. Um, right. you, you, if you're following them for a while, you know, stalking them a little bit, you can see <laughs> kind of those trends over time. Well, you know, in prep for this podcast, and you just alluded to this a little bit, um, you and I had a conversation about the business of being an artist, and about what it takes for artists to be seen as serious entrepreneurs by themselves, and then be seen by the people who buy their work. And you've got a lot of experience with that, like, as you said, when you first started out, and as you continue to do, you know, working with licensing and manufacturing and whatnot. You know, what's your experience and advice around showing up as an entrepreneur in a profession where people might not naturally expect it or even sometimes, I hate to say, respect it? No, I I understand that. I I think 
that we have to take ourselves seriously. When I first started on this journey, I did I didn't approach it as much like a business as I did. This is something that I love to do. I'm going to see if I can make money from it somehow. And that it's still what I love to do and I still want to make money from my art somehow. But I I think about things in bigger terms. I think about things in a broader, bigger way than I once did. And I think some of this is due to the success that I've had in the last few years. Once you see that success like that is possible within your profession and with what you're doing, it's very inspiring and motivating. And I did struggle for a lot of years with art. I think everybody does. You know, trying to make a living from it isn't always easy. I've tried lots of different things. So I, I think just thinking about it even a little bit <laughs> as a business is is really important. I've also like had a tendency over the years to downplay that and maybe play into the oh I'm an artist you know I do or the that. starving artist <laughs> but but it's so much more than that you know we're we're running businesses and and I've seen this sort of evolve with my friends and things I have or you know my colleagues my peers it's sort of changed and we're all growing and finding different ways to earn money as artists and it's it's been really interesting to watch over the last 10 years i think a lot of us did start out just the only goal was i want my art on products <laughs> you know and i don't even know do people make money from that like okay you know but that's what i wanted um and then it really it, it has changed you know i want this to be my business for the rest of my life. And that takes more than just making a quick sketch and, and hoping someone buys it, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to market and, and self-promote yourself. Yes. Um, like you said before, you know, people don't know what you do until you, unless you tell them. <laughs> and that includes, yeah. you know, the people who will buy your work. And tell me a little bit about like, you know, as you said before, you do surface design. So there's products and fabrics in addition to the coloring books and whatnot. And I also know you do um, painting and what we would, you know, say is like, you know, the traditional art when people think of art, like, you know, something hanging on a wall. Mm -hmm. um, would you, how do you feel like that all fits together for you? I think it's really important to me. I my brain needs time to move or my brain needs to move from different things. I mean everybody's does. But I will spend a few days working on coloring books or new coloring book pages and then I really kind of need a little break from that. And I like to go paint and different ideas, you know, depending on what, if you're painting with a, a marker or painting with a brush or inks or acrylics, whatever it is, that's going to bring out a different result. And so I really try to continue to try different things from drawing and sketching and, and painting and collage and different things. Um, I've been doing some animation, um, cool. <laughs> you know, just to keep the creativity flowing and to not get stagnant or really repetitive with the, the work that I'm doing. I just, um, I think that's just really important for me. 
Yeah, definitely. And it's, it, it seems like that definitely carries over into being an entrepreneur, being a professional, being a human being that we need, um, you know, different types of stimulation to keep the creative juices flowing. Yes. And you found, it sounds like you found a good balance. And I know one thing just from following you that you do a, a quite a bit and it's inspired me because I feel like as long as I have my iPad, I'm never bored um, <laughs> because I've got the Adobe um, products downloaded, like I, Adobe line I think is the one I use the most yes I use Adobe sketch and Adobe draw all the time mm. I, I love them that has been something that has really you know taken my art to a different level is having that I just got um, the new large iPad the iPad Pro Ooh. and the Apple pencil like about a week ago so it's I love having new tools and trying new things I think it keeps my it keeps me creative yeah, absolutely. Well, I, you know, in that spirit, you know, we we also have previously talked about transparency around sharing the artistic process and what's happening in your business, particularly in the spirit of being a mentor or a teacher for others who want to see other artists as successful and as entrepreneurs. So how have you walked that line between kind of the privacy and keeping everything under wraps, like the artistic secret thing, and then um, sharing how you work and what results you get, both business-wise and artistically, from your work. So this is the, the this is I've thought I think about this a lot. So I I've always wanted to share with people that I know and love. So when I was doing the coloring books and no one else was really in that space, I reached out to a lot of my friends and I were like, you should really think about doing this. You know, my sales are good. I'm making good money. You should think about doing a coloring book. But I didn't reach out publicly and say, hey, everyone, you know, <laughs> you should do a coloring book. Yes. I sort of wanted to to save that for people that, that I knew. You know, I was afraid that there would be suddenly so much competition or just, I didn't know what would happen. I felt like I had this good thing and I just wasn't sure if I wanted to share and then by you know not by me sharing but this year you know coloring books just completely exploded and so all of that happened anyway everyone was like oh you can make a coloring book and you can publish it yourself you know and there were there were hundreds i think i don't know how many coloring books there were when i started in 2012 but now there are about 13,000 on oh Amazon. my gosh <laughs> that's incredible it is. Um, and, and not all of them. The reason there are so many, there are a lot of people that put out books of um, images they found on the internet or stock imagery, and they're just gathering them up. And I've seen some companies release like 100 books a day. Oh my so, <laughs> you know, it's, I feel like something, they need to get a hold of it. But anyway, there, there's a lot of competition out there right now. But, you know, sharing my experience and sharing the success that I've had, that actually has only had a a positive result because I've had so many people write to me saying how inspired they were by that. And that just makes me so happy yeah. to know yeah. that I have inspired other people to to try this and inspired them on their journey. And also, you know, we with my peers and things, we are all um, we're all kind of in this together. We support each other a lot, and it was exciting. They were thrilled to hear that I was doing what I was doing and having that kind of success. So that has been that has been really great. 
Yeah. Congratulations on, on that, you know, that evolution. Cause that's, that's, that's not an easy thing. I think for, for entrepreneurs and artists to be that transparent and to kind of take that risk. And it's wonderful that it's only come back to you in positive ways. Thank you. Yeah. And, and one thing I know I've appreciated, I, I saw on Instagram, you had posted um, one of your images from Adobe and you were very specific about like what tools you use, which program and I just found that really refreshing. It, it took a little yeah, bit of I've, the mystery out of it. <laughs> yeah, I've really been trying. And I've been doing, you know, I'm just, I'm just, it, it all starts from, from just being willing to share a little bit more and then growing with your comfort level just a little bit of, at a time. I did um, a Periscope the other day sharing my studio and just talking about, you know, showing everybody where my stuff is. And like you mentioned, I've had some open studio hours here um, in Memphis in my studio. And it is just, you know, it isn't that I have to push myself out of my comfort zone because I don't. Now I'm okay. I'm a little bit, it's a little bit easier to talk to people. It's a little bit easier to talk to you in this podcast. You know, it is, it's a little easier to share a process on Instagram or through Periscope or something. So I'm just, I'm widening that and I'm getting more comfortable talking to people and, and having these conversations. And it seems to me that the root of all of that is trust like trusting yourself, trusting yourself as a person, as an artist, as an entrepreneur. You know, it's a very internal journey. Like you said, in response to several of these, like, I've thought about that a lot, you know. <laughs> and I think that when we do, you know, especially introverts who tend to be introspective, when we take that time to go inward and really explore these questions for ourselves and be intentional about what we're sharing and how we're doing it, trust only grows, Yes, I, I I agree with that completely. And I think that, that the other thing I had to get over was, you know, earlier when I said all those people are listening on Twitter, so I was afraid to write anything, mm -hmm. they're, they're not really listening. I mean, <laughs> they are, but but they're not like listening and, and judging and caring. I mean, it's a thought. It's a word. I said something. So what? Like, I think that, that sometimes you can just get so in your own head that you are, you know, worried about things. And, um, and you and I, and not to be a bummer or anything, but you and I talked a little bit uh, over the summer and my, my dad um, passed away. And when something like that happens, it was just kind of like, why am I always worried about all of these little things? <laughs> you know, there are, there are big important things in life and I'm worried about, you know, the, the five words I'm going to say on Twitter. It just kind of, sometimes it takes something to just put everything in perspective. And I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, there are other things that I can worry about. These things are just growing and, and sharing and, and moving on. Yeah. And, and perpetuating something that you, like you said, that you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you for sh sharing that. That's, that's wonderful wisdom to, to end this part of our conversation with. So thank you so much. Um, I, I want to wrap up by asking you a question that I ask all my guests. And that's if you were granted a three week vacation on Introvert Island, and you could only take three books with you, what would you take with you and why? 
I love this question so much. <laughs> and I have been imagining Introvert Island. Like, what's it like? I'm sure it's really pretty and like there are trees, there's scenery. It's just, you know, I've been having all these thoughts. So, and this is what I would take with me today. I'm not sure if this would always, you know, be that way. But I was thinking that I would take, uh, I know there are going to be birds on this island. So I'm going to take the National Geographic Field Guide to the Birds of North America. Awesome. So that I can <laughs> look, I can identify, I can read about these little creatures because I just, I love birds. Um, and then I would like to improve my skills a little bit. So there is a workbook for the book, Drawing on the Right Side of the Brain by Betty Edwards. Mm -hmm. So I would take that so that I could learn. And I, that also would act as a sketchbook because that would be really great to have with me on Introvert Island. And then um, I thought I would take a novel and I remember I'm not a big reader but I thought I, I want you know, this would be a great time to do it I've got three weeks alone on introvert yeah. island so um, my husband I guess it was last year or whenever the book first came out he was reading the goldfinch by Donna Tart sure. and he would tell me about it and, and he would tell like he would sort of tell me the story so I don't know like all of the details but I just thought oh that was something that I'd love to sit down and read for myself one day so those are the books I would take awesome I love that the the drawing on the right side of the brain workbook serves two purposes you know <laughs> gives you a catalyst for creativity and the space to be creative so that's awesome yes. <laughs> well what is the best way for people to connect with you and learn more about you and your art and your books and everything you have to offer well, they can find my books on Amazon. I have a website with a blog where I kind of update usually a couple of times a month, the JanineMorrison.com. And um, I am on Instagram, and that is probably where I'm the most active. Great. Well, I will include links to all of those things, including your Introvert Island book selections on the show notes for this podcast. So I'll make it easy for anyone to connect with you. So um, thank you so much. I feel like we could make this a much longer uh, conversation because there are so many different directions to go. But I hope that anyone listening has gotten a lot of value out of this because I know I have. So thank you oh, so I much, Janine. So thank you so much for having me. This was fabulous. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you. Thank you. Are you now ready to go out and color for the sake of your business? I know I am. I've got my coloring book actually out here in my office, and uh, I think I'm going to spend a few minutes today with it. <laughs> um, in the episode show notes, I've included links to Janine's books, as well as recommendations of my favorite colored pencils, markers, and a few other coloring books that I love. Consider starting or ending your day with coloring, just as a way to clear your mind. And notice if you experience some of the benefits I shared in this conversation. It's completely true that after coloring, I do feel like I can focus better, often for up to 24 hours after I finished coloring. Maybe it's something of a mind hack, like we heard from John Hargrave last week. Whatever it is that's at work, it's pretty cool, and I hope you'll give it a try. Before I wrap up, I want to give a quick shout out to all of you who have shared on social media that you're reading my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur. I've seen posts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and it always makes me smile. And to be honest, I get a warm, fuzzy feeling. It just, it absolutely makes my day and it never gets old. So please keep sharing and letting other introverts know about this new resource. I also encourage you, once you finish the book, to leave an honest review on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, or wherever it is that you purchase the book. 
Share what you thought of the book, what you liked about it and what resonated with you, and if you would recommend it. It only takes a few minutes, but it's so helpful to others in terms of giving them insight into whether the book is right for them. I've included a link to the book in the show notes. Thanks in advance for your time and consideration. And please join me for episode 107, when I'll be talking with Barbara McAfee of the Full Voice Institute. We'll be talking about using the full power and range of your voice to influence and connect with others. You'll come away with exercises and tips to use right away. And Barbara specializes in part by working with introverted clients, so I know you will get value from this. Please join us. A special thank you to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and my assistant, Naja, for the episode show notes. And a huge thank you to you for spending this time with me. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. 